injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. Let's go! Let's go! (laughs) Welcome to the program, everybody. We're live at Strings. There's only one way to start this dang program. On the count of three, one, two, three. Duval! Now we got a show. Welcome, everybody, to Strings. Glad you're with us on a Friday afternoon. Brought to you by our friends at Big Chief Tire. This place is absolutely packed. You want to know how good the Jaguar fan base is? Hayes, look at this group. Uh, every stool, everything packed already. Coming here to get some T-shirts. Coming here to try and win some club seats. How about this group? How about this group today? This is magnificent, and I can tell you right now, the Titans have a damn problem. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, they do. You better believe they do. Frank Frangie, Hayes, Carline, Lauren Brooks with you. Andrew Gibson back at World Headquarters. Thank you for being part of our program today. Uh, all day long today, it'll talk Jags and Titans. We've got a lot of other stuff we can talk about some other days, but we're here for one reason. Look, I love all the teal. I love the way the place is packed. So let me tell you how today's going to go. Uh, wherever you're listening, get over here if you get a chance to. We are going to give away two club seats to this game. You have to be here to give them away. We're giving them away in the 5 o'clock hour, but you can put your name in the box right now. You have to be here to win. Okay, so you can't leave, and we call you and tell you to come back and get them. You have to be here to win, but we're giving away two club seats. We also said we're giving away 100 T-shirts, compliments of our friends at Big Chief Tire, and my plan was that would last throughout the day, Lauren, right? (laughs) Wasn't that the plan? That was a good plan We'd give away 20 or 30 in the 3 o'clock hour, right? We'd give away, I don't know, 15 or so. Was that it? Well, they're going to be gone in about 20 minutes, I'm afraid. So, but have y'all, y'all haven't seen the T-shirts yet, have They you? have not seen the T-shirts. Let's well, reveal. Well, we got creative because we're nothing <laughs> if not creative, right? Right? We're nothing so. so we got creative, and we said, everybody saw the movie, right? Yeah. Remember the Titans? Yeah. Great flick. Was it a great flick? Yeah. It was a great flick. Well, we, we kind of we remembered it, too. We just added it. Remember the Titans suck. Okay, that, that's the T-shirt, okay? All right. Okay. In case you want to know the T-shirt, says. Remember the Titans suck. Okay, so there you go. Easy to remember. We're giving away. So there you go. Kind of looks like the movie. Uh, we're giving away 100 of these. I'm sorry for people that didn't get them. We probably should have given away 800. Um, <laughs> but here's how we're going to do it. Now, we've got large and extra large. Um, right, right after we go to our break, we're going to do a line over here so it doesn't get too crazy. We're going to try. Well, first 100, after that, they're gone. Okay, but the first 100 are gone. So uh, Tom, and, and we're, we're going to ha- handle this over there. He's got the hard work. So, But thank you for coming in. And by the way. There is a rule. There we, now we can start. Now we can start. Jackson DeVille in the house, everybody. Can we get a hand for Jackson DeVille for crying out loud? There we go. And the roar. And the roar is here. We got the roar. We got Jackson DeVille. We got everybody here. By the way, hey, there is, there is a rule. Okay, one rule. Listen, again, listen up. One rule. The you line has begun. <laughs> you can't get your T-shirt and bolt, okay? Have a few beers, have some food, hang out with us, all right? That's the idea, all right? So you got to hang out for a little while. Oh, they're not leaving. They're waiting for the club yeah, ticket giveaway. Yeah, the club ticket is at 5 o'clock hour, so you can't leave here. So that comes up uh, in just a minute. We're going to talk a little bit about the game. How you, got, how you ladies doing? Thank you for coming out. You guys look wonderful. Jackson, you look okay. Uh, but Jackson DeVille's here. So, he's um, fully clothed, and at he, least. And he's, uh, anybody, <laughs> and we're going to take pictures. If you guys don't mind some pictures, we're going to take pictures with the Roar and with Jackson DeVille, and we're all going to have a bit. Look at the crowd. I, can, I'm taking a Lauren, talk. I'm taking a picture. I can certainly talk. Uh, we have an excellent crowd like this, here. Everybody huh? knows how good the food he- is here and how good the beer is here at Strings in historic Springfield. And I think this crowd is ready. I think 
I think the Jaguars are going to shut out the Titans tomorrow night. Oh, shutout. Roland Brooks is calling for the shutout. So, uh, so we got a lot to talk about in the game today. We will set the scene for you, talk about the game. This rivalry, and, and it's the best Jaguars rivalry ever. It's, uh, it rivals Florida, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee. I didn't think it would. I think it does. I think it, it means that much. It's, it's getting there, and now it's time to cost the Titans something. You know, they've cost us a lot. Uh, we haven't really cost the Titans enough, and it'll start tomorrow night if the Jaguars can get it done. Let's make Tennessee yeah. feel some pain. Yeah, I think That's I, when you've got a rivalry. I think so, too. Two or three keys right now. We'll start out of the gate. Two or three keys do you think to the game for the Jaguars? I think Trevor be Trevor. You know, he's, he's been growing at such a remarkable rate. I think Doug Peterson's going to have a plan that's going to keep him comfortable. The Titans are healthier on defense than they've been, but I still just don't think they can cover him. The Jaguars, the beauty of their attack is you just don't know which guy it's going to be. I think Trevor Lawrence will find his comfort zone, whether that's Ingram, whether that's Kirk, whether that's Zay or Marvin Jones. Uh, and I think, uh, I, think the, I think the Jaguars franchise quarterback is going to show it in his first real legacy game. I think Trevor Lawrence excels. I will say one key is stop Derrick Henry. If you yeah. can stop Derrick Henry, I think you have a serious chance at shutting the Titans out. Yeah, I would say this. The, the Titans had to sign Joshua Dobbs. I mean, the reality is they had to sign a guy that hadn't played. He's been on the team 17, you know, 17, 17 days he's been on the team. Now he's, a, now he's a good young guy. The plan was, and you'll hear from Mike Keith later on, the play-by-play voice of the, the Titans, and he said, listen, essentially, they, when they drafted Malik Willis, they knew he wasn't ready to play, and they, and they, and they acknowledged that. But if they, if they released him, he's going to get picked up pretty quick. They couldn't make him available. They only wanted to carry two quarterbacks. Other than the one knee injury, Early in Tannehill's career, we lost the season. He's never been hurt. He's, like, never missed a game. So the thinking was, we'll gamble that he won't get hurt, and he gets hurt. So that's why they said, oh, God, what do we do now? So they picked up Joshua Dobbs. But I agree with you, Lauren. I think the only chance for the Titans to, to move the ball is with Derek. So you, you, you stack the box. And, uh, and, uh, and, look, he had 100 yards against us in the first quarter last game. So, you know, there, there's less mystery to how this one's going to be played then I think any game, a lot of times you're not sure what someone's going to do. There's no mystery here to what the Titans are going to do. The Titans are going to run the football with Derrick Henry. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, if you, want, you don't even need to look at the score tomorrow night. If you just look at the box score, if Derrick Henry's carries are under 24, the Titans will have lost the game. Uh, and the, I wish the over-under is 21. That shocks me. The only way Tennessee stays in this game is if Derrick Henry gets the ball yeah. uh, at least, I think, 28 times, if not more. And you've got to limit what you do with Josh Dobbs. And I think that's going to be a challenge for Tennessee. The Jaguars have defended the run pretty well this season. Derrick Henry certainly has uh, been a thorn in their side throughout his career. But the total lack of a threat in the Titans passing game, I, I just think the Jaguars are going to have extra people in the box all night long, and I don't think Tennessee's going to be able to combat that. The, uh, the only thing that could be better of us all hanging out together, getting a T-shirt, trying to win tickets, eating this great food at Strings, and listening to Lauren Brooks. The only thing that would be better <laughs> than that is if NFL Network was showing the first matchup between those two teams. Do you see that up there? Because if I remember right, it's been a while. I'm older. My memory isn't as good. But I believe that was an ass-whipping. Is that, is, that, is, that, is that how y'all remember to know? Is that how y'all remember it? Yeah. So, um, so that game is on there right now. So we're excited about that. All right, so we're going to take it. Here's what we're going to have. For the, people, for the people listening, stay tuned. We're going to get into the game. Chad Johnson stopped by to talk about ticket sales and maybe some advice to people. Uh, that, that comes up in a little bit. For people that are in here now, 
please be orderly. We don't want to riot, okay? Because Jackson DeVille will take you down, okay? That's what I'm telling you, okay? That's, I'm just here to say that, so. But thank you for coming out. We're going to take a break. As we do, we're going to pass out some T-shirts. There's, listen, now, there's lar- a couple rules. There's large and extra large. That's all we got. You can't take two and take one home to the husband, okay? You, you can only take one if you're here, but we're giving them out right now. So we'll take a break. We'll give out some T-shirts right now. Please put your name in the box to try and win some tickets. It's going to be a festive, fun day at Strengths. Not you, Jackson. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for coming by. We sure do appreciate that. Back in a moment, this is 1010XL and 92.5 FL. Tyson Campbell picks it up. He's going to run it into the end zone for the touchdown. The ball popped out. Campbell picked it up, and he scores for Jacksonville. Travis Etienne. He's in the open field, 40. 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Travis E-T-N. How good is this bounce back from the Jacksonville Jaguars been? They were 2-6. and six. They were 3-7. and seven. They're now 8-8, eight and eight, control their own destiny. They play the biggest home game in a long, long time. It's win and you're in. You know, both teams are in the same situation. You shouldn't have to check the pulse of anybody. You know, uh, they should be fired up and ready to go and... These are games you you want to play in as a player, you want to coach in as a coach. It's a Big Chief Tire Friday on the Frangie Show. For all of your tires and automotive service needs, it's Big Chief Tire. Hey, we're glad you're with us. We thank our friends from Big Chief Tire. Hope everybody got a T-shirt. T-shirt. Somebody stand up has got one on. Someone put a T-shirt on. I want to see what it looks like on you guys. Someone's got to have one on, right? Oh, some people said they didn't get them. I'm sorry. Uh, did we run out? I'm sorry. We, I'm sorry. We went through it as quickly as we could. Those 100 T-shirts went, would you say, in about seven minutes? Seven minutes. Those T-shirts went in about seven minutes. So we're sorry not everybody got one. Thank you for coming out. But I hope you get a, win tickets to the game. What an amazing, amazing crowd we have here. So thank you so much for coming out. Uh, I, I can't do this without one more Duval. I'll count of three. One, two, three. Duval! All right. Now we're ready. All right. A lot of things to talk about on the show. Chad Johnson will be by from the Jaguars in just a little bit to talk about uh, what, a, what a great job they have done and how excited they are that they have all you as their fans. So we're certainly excited about that. All right. Let's look back a little bit. Jaguar history. The most meaningful or memorable regular season games to all of us. I think to me... The one that keeps jumping off the page would be the Monday nighter against the Steelers when Bill Cower tried to tackle Chris Hudson on the sideline. As regular season games go for me, I think that would be one. What's one for you? Or one or whatever. I think, I think one for me would have to be the Morton Anderson miss because right. I just thought that there was no chance that that would happen. He's a Hall of Fame kicker, and it just, it, I, to this day, I mean, it, it's astonishing. And, and what it led to. So for me, I think it would have to be that moment. How about you? I think the two recent ones would be 2017 against the Seahawks. That was such a wild environment. And that game itself didn't necessarily mean so much, but that season did. And then 2018 against the Patriots. It, that was an electric atmosphere. It was wild. Even though, again, that didn't mean anything. Yeah. But it, going into it, we certainly thought it was going to. So, so certainly the Steelers that night, the Morton Anderson miss for sure. That stood out. Uh, there have been memorable plays, right. but I don't know that there have been. I don't know that there's been anything, at least for me, that's going to feel like this is going to feel on on Saturday night. I've been saying that all week long, and then I've been asking myself, 
do I really believe it? I do believe it. I don't think there's been anything that's going to feel like this is going to feel. We kept waiting for the spark to get ignited, and now it absolutely has. And, and it's Trevor Lawrence, and it's Doug Peterson, and the partnership that they could now have for the next 10, 15 years. And I, I think there's a belief in the sustainability of what this is, and there's a great belief that Trevor Lawrence is going to live up to every ounce of hype that he had come out of Clemson. So I think this is what you're seeing. The city was waiting for the spark. The spark has been lit, and now the inferno is coming. And at this point, too, Jaguars fans can go all in. This isn't a one-time, one-hit wonder, right? They now know, I better get season tickets for next season because this group that we have here, this nucleus, is going to be successful, and this is just the beginning of it. And I think as you look at it, absolutely. And again, we talked about this yesterday. You win Saturday night. You're now playing a first-place schedule in 2023. That's right. You're getting the Bills. You're getting Cincinnati. You're getting Kansas City. You're getting the first-place team in the NFC 17th game formula. You know, it was the Lions, the Falcons. Well, next year might be the 49ers or the Eagles. Uh, those are the kind of marquee games that is going to really accentuate the greatness of this franchise. And because of that, you're going to see that schedule next year. Uh, when it com- I mean, we'll know. We'll know the opponents. We won't know the order. But the opponents, if the Jaguars win Saturday night, is going to be marquee games all over the schedule. It's going to be a ton of fun to be in TIA Bank Field next season. Yeah, and I'll say this about that. I, I it clearly, it clearly to me, is two things have to happen, and two things make you excited in the NFL: a being good, which means winning big games; b being sustainable. In other words, the the promise that you'll continue to be good. I, I think that's that that's almost as important as the first one. The first one can feel like a fluke, and it's a magnificent moment. We've seen that. We saw it in 07. We saw it in seventeen. But the only thing this team's ever had that really felt sustainable was those, those mid-90s because Brunel was young and Baselli was young and, and Jimmy and Keenan were emerging and, and you knew that 95-96 group was good with Natron Means. All, along, all of a sudden along comes Fred and, and some better players and now Carnell Lake's here and, 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 and you know, Bryce Pops here, he wasn't great. I mean, you get the point. There, Kevin Hardy's developing. All of a sudden that late 90s team was like really good. I mean, uh, I, I will go to my grave saying... The 99 team I thought was the best team in football. Now, the Titans are going to say, wait a minute, we beat you three times. We rolled you in the championship game. How can you say that? I get it. I mean, if I'm a Titans fan, I I understand that, and I'm biased. But I thought that 99 team would have beaten the Rams, and I thought they were, in my mind, they were the best team. They just had one team they couldn't get over the hump against. And I think 2017 was the same thing. I think if they hold on in Foxborough, I think they beat Philadelphia. I think that defense would have torn Nick Foles apart. And uh, it'd be fun to ever, like, talk to Doug Peterson about that, yeah. like, off to the side. Because uh, you know he had to have looked at the Jaguars right. in preparation for the, you know, the what-if uh, factor there. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I think a couple times the Jaguars have had the best team. Uh, but that, unfortunately, that doesn't always get you the Lombardi trophy. But, look, that can work the opposite way, too. You win Saturday night, all the losses that you had this season, they evaporate. They're gone. You're zero and zero, just like every other team that's in the tournament. So maybe 
this will be a year where they surprise us and go deeper than anybody believes. But got to get, obviously, uh, tomorrow night, got to get the victory in hand. And the fun part to me is we've been able to talk about Doug Peterson over the last few weeks and talk about just Doug Peterson, his great characteristics, him as a leader. He's funny. He's personable, all those things. And we're not just comparing that to the previous coach. We're not saying, well, thank goodness we have Doug because, man, it was awful with Urban. We're now able to say, man, Doug Peterson is just a dream of a coach, and it doesn't even matter what happened in the past. The most this city has been able to celebrate recently is when the Jaguars were able to draft Trevor Lawrence, right? Leading up to it as soon as Frank Gore got that first down and then drafting Trevor Lawrence. That's what the Chiefs had once they realized they had Patrick Mahomes and the Bills have with Josh Allen. And the Bengals have with Joe Burrow, like you said. Those cities got to celebrate once they got those quarterbacks. That's what this city got to do. But now this city gets to take the next step, and that is hopefully winning against your rival and then winning in the playoffs. Yeah, by the way, I I think they're going to win tomorrow night. I think they've got a good chance to win at home in the playoffs against what today would be the Chargers if that doesn't change. Um, But I think their football team is going to be better next year. I think it'll be a better team next year. Trevor Lawrence is a year older. Calvin Ridley's in the fold. Some new. There will be some free agents in the fold. When you're when you're a bit cap strapped, and every team gets to that point at some time, and this team probably is going to as well. Uh, when you're when you're a bit cap strapped, then you're going to get to a point where where you're not going to be able to keep all your guys. It wouldn't surprise me if some guys who are starters uh, or play a lot aren't back. But that's because you're growing with new and better and younger players. So. I, I, am I, if I lost my mind, I think it's a better team next year than it is this year. Well, it'll be a better team because Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson will be in their second year together. And an offseason and, together. Yeah, I mean, I mean Trevor Lawrence is together. still just going to be 24 a year from now. So, I mean, you, you think of how they're going to be able to add nuances to the offense and Trevor's going to have a deeper understanding of the league and anticipating what opponents are going to want to do and uh, not just diagnosing that in game, but having a really good sense of that, you know, Monday, the, as soon as he starts game planning for that week, and same with Doug Peterson. So they'll be better because Trevor Lawrence should be light years better than he is right now, which is, you know, saying a mouthful. And Calvin Ridley. We went into this season saying, I'm not exactly sure if Trevor Lawrence has a number one wide receiver. Well, it's turned out that he's been doing a fantastic job spreading the ball around. But now you add in a guy that defenses do have to really worry about. Yeah, good luck. They'll still be, but I still think there'll be balance there. I think Christian Kirk is going to – I think this Trevor-Christian thing is not a mirage. The Trevor-Zay uh, thing is not a mirage. The – what are we at, 1,400 yards uh, from scrimmage for ETN now, give or take? Yeah. Around 1,400? That's not a mirage. That stuff's going to continue to grow and continue to happen. So. And, and that's good for Calvin Ridley because yes. he doesn't have to come in and feel like I've got to put up 1,700 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns because right. there's nothing here. Right. I mean, it, it's going to be – they can ease him in uh, and, and put it at a pace that's going to be very comfortable with the, for the coaches and for Calvin And because of that, because of, they've already got proven players that have shown that they can shine with Trevor Lawrence and in this system – so, you know, for Calvin Ridley, you don't, you don't have to do anything extraordinary. Just get settled in. Get, get back used to being an NFL player and find that elite skill set that you had before uh, the injuries and, and whatnot. You Can mentioned, the, sorry, Frank, you mentioned Travis Etienne. How important is he tomorrow night? Oh, I think he's critically important. I don't necessarily think it'll be running the ball to start the game. I don't think the game starts and the Jags run, run, run. I, I, look, the Titans are tough. The Titans are physical. 
I don't think the Jags, I think they throw it first in this game. I think the Jags will throw the football kind of like the first game. I think they're going to establish the passing game, get a lead. Some teams, good passing teams, the Chiefs among them. Heck, the Rams way back in the day, the, the Super Bowl Rams, the Kurt Warner Rams. Those teams that are pass-first teams, they get a lead and then run. They, they, that's how they run the ball. And so there may be some balance, but it's not start-to-finish balance. It's balance that, that plays out. By the time the game's over, there was some balance, but that's how it got there. I think they throw. So I think Travis Etienne catches some balls out of the backfield. I think, uh, I think he's in pass pro. I think he'll, he'll run some. But I think if the, ja- the Jags need to get a lead, and I think they're going to. The last thing the Jags want is 13-10 to 10 late third quarter because that means two things. A, Derrick Henry's still in the game. They haven't been able to take – they've been able to continue to run Derrick Henry. And B, the Titans, who are clearly the underdog here. The Titans have lost six straight games. The Jaguars have won four straight games. The Titans, no matter how tough and resilient they are, and they are, they've got to come here having lost some confidence. Common sense tells you that. Well, if they're in the game late third, the team that came in, anytime there's a close game late third, then the team that came in without as much confidence has gained some. And the team that came in more confident has some concern. That's, that's the way it is with favorites and underdogs in every sport every time. So that's how it's going to be. So, so, so the reality of all this is the Jaguars need the best scenario. That doesn't mean they won't win if that's not the scenario. But the best scenario for the Jaguars is to get a lead and to have a lead of somewhat significance uh, as that game moves along. I think that's what's best for Jacksonville. And, and again, the Titans are second in the league against the run. They're dead last against the pass. So if you're Doug Peterson, I mean, you've got to be salivating at the chance to get these guys again and get Ingram and Kirk and Zay Jones and Marvin Jones matched up on them. I'd also like to see the play when Jamal Agnew comes in motion, speaking of ETN, and you get ETN out in that flat. Yeah. That's a brilliant play, and uh, I'd like to see that tomorrow night for sure. What they've done a great job of is use the jet sweep, A, as a play, but B, is part of their normal offense. So it's it's, it's one of their concepts now. So, A, you've got to defend the jet sweep. B, you've got to worry about the jet sweep setting you up for something else. So, uh, no, Doug Peterson's a great play caller. He's done a great job. All right, here's what we're going to take a break. We're live at Strength. What a great crowd here. We gave away about 100 T-shirts early on. They went very fast. Thank you guys for coming out. When we come back, my friend Chad Johnson is here from the Jaguars. He's going to tell you about the crowd, how early to get there, some tips for tomorrow night's game because I trust most of you are going, including the two who are going to win these tickets here. So we'll take a break. More in a moment. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. All right, welcome back to the program. Hey, we got to start every segment the right way. You guys listening? One, two, three. Duval! Very nice, very nice. You've done well. Welcome back to the program. I do want to thank our friends from Big Chief Tire Company for sponsoring all of our Fridays and our friends from Strings for having us out. Frank Frangie, Hayes, Carlam, Lauren Brooks with you, Andrew Gibson back at World Headquarters. Chad Johnson's here, Senior Vice President and Czar of all things tickets and much more. How are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing awesome. We're having an awesome week and can't wait till tomorrow. You've been gr- Chad was grinning when he walked in. I saw him walking. He had a grin around here. He kind of grinned around the corner. These are good times, huh? Yeah, well, listen to my voice. I've I lost my voice this week. Half yeah. the time, you know, cheering and, and yeah. talking to our fans on the phone and firing our staff up. And it, the energy in the building is just unreal right now. From the team side to the staff side, you walk around and it just feels different. Chad, you were in charge of so, me, so many things that are ticket. You were, you were in charge of so much ticket stuff among a thousand other hats you wear. Tell us about the tickets, how sales are going, 
and what people need to know because they need to get there earlier. Give us kind of an overview. Yeah, I mean, this game took on a life of its own over the last two weeks. You know, and if you read some of the stories that are out there on the ticket values and everything, it just went through the roof. We have sold out of tickets for this game. We put standing room only tickets on sale. So there still are a few tickets remaining for this. It'll be the largest crowd that we've had at TIA Bank Field since 2012, uh, dating back to the pre-renovations wow. Wow. when we had you know, additional capacity. Um, we want fans to get there early. Home field advantage doesn't start at kickoff. Yeah. Home field advantage for us starts when the Titans come out of that tunnel, and they need to come out, and their eyes need to open up and go, oh, man, what are we walking into right now? And moments after that, when the Jaguars take the field, the building needs to shake. The, the building needs to shake, and it will, because I'm seeing how these fans are reacting this week. And it's going to be all Jaguar fans for the most part. It'll, it'll, it'll be a really unique electric environment. Yeah, he's, you know, we're, we're looking at where all the ticket buyers are yeah. coming from. We're, scr- we're scrubbing social media. The fans are interacting together, and they're encouraging each other and supporting each other. I love that. The atmosphere in the building will be different. Being a night game, we're bringing in a bunch of pyrotechnics, light shows, uh, added pregame elements, um, teal, teal end zones yes, that you see now yes. going up. Uh, 60,000 teal flags will be waving that? around when the fans... Uh, when, when the team takes the stadium. So it's just it's going to be a completely different atmosphere than we've ever seen. And I'm just so proud of these Jaguar fans for stepping up and supporting us the way they are right now. You can hear it right it. now. Yeah, they're all here. They're all Half of them are here. The crowd, absolutely. Chad, that was your idea, right? The towel? Uh, I'll, take, I'll take credit for it. <laughs> you know, what's, what's great is you're hearing our players talk about it, our coaches talk about it. You're, you're watching Rayshon Jenkins' last game going, this is going to be the craziest atmosphere we've ever played in. Like, they're feeling it. They're feeding off of it. And we're just so happy that we can reward our fans with a meaningful game like this. I'll tell you something about these towels. And I don't know. Uh, you're the business guy. I'm not much of a business guy. Proven that many times over. The, uh, but these towels, no one gave them to you. They didn't give them to you. So you had to buy them. Now, I don't know what a towel like that costs. But it's got to be two, three bucks, five bucks. You just went and bought 60000 of them. So I guess you guys have kind of invested in the ball game. Well, kudos to Mr. Khan and the Khan family yeah, and Mark yeah. Lamping. You know, yeah. this, is, this is a national stage. This is a chance right. for us not just to show the Jacksonville Jaguars football club, but this entire country what Jacksonville is all about. So we did not pull out. We pulled no punches here with getting everything we can to make this stadium look awesome so that everybody watching knows what Duval is all about. See, I don't want to go back to what you said about home field advantage means when they come out of the tunnel. You want them going back to that locker room, wow. You have, you have metrics and analytics that tell you when people get there late. Can you share any of that? I mean, Yeah, well, what's crazy is 14,000 people entered the Cowboys game after kickoff. 14,000 14, people entered after kickoff. All right. I would like that. to have zero enter yeah. after kickoff on Saturday night. So think about that. I mean, and I knew the number because Chad had told me. I wanted you to tell people that number. You told me that the other day. We, we had, I got to say, we have broadcast meetings as we plan the broadcast each week and go through storylines. And if I could tell you all the stuff Chad gives us that we can't tell you, <laughs> because it's great stuff. But that's one that really rang, rang out of my mind. 14,000 fans entered the game after kickoff when you want everybody there at least a half hour before kickoff, if not earlier. That's, that's kind of the idea. We want you in your seats 22 minutes before kickoff because okay. that's when all the entertainment starts. Yeah. That's when teams take the field for warm-ups. You follow into the national anthem. We have an awesome kickoff video coming that we'll, we'll share tomorrow, but that is just going to get that place rocking right when we go to that first kick. What are some, some generalities, some surprises that fans can look forward to tomorrow? Well, the, uh, the video itself has Leon Searcy 
Uh, really getting people, right. really getting oh, people fired up. That. And awesome. it's literally going to happen right at kickoff. So when you see that video, I, I've watched it five times today. <laughs> I just keep going back. I right. love it. Um, you know, the, the, the pyro and stuff we're doing to this game and the, the level we've invested for intros, scores, national anthem, a halftime show set to music. Um, is, is we've, you know, we've gone all out to make sure that this is going to be a special day. I'm sure you know about how long it takes for people to, once they get in line, get into the stadium. What time are you advising people who are tailgating tomorrow to head into the stadium? Yeah, well, the, the main gates open at 6 o'clock. The right. early gates open at 5. I'm telling everyone, be in by 6.30. What, okay. what, what's the early gate, main gate? What's the early, so, so the early gates are our fan entertainment zone down in the south end zone where Daly's Place is. Okay. We'll have the big TV running and the early games on music, things for the kids to do. Um, the flex field is open with okay. bounce houses and games and things like that. Um, and then the main, the main gates and the seating bowl open at 6. So we want you to get in 6.30, get your food, get your drinks, be in your seats so you're there for that intro that, that we talked about. Chad, how long have you been here? Uh, it's my 11th season. Your 11th season. Okay, so you got here in 11 or 12, somewhere 2012, right after Mr. Conn purchased 2012. And your job, along with Mark and Scott and your, your whole terrific team, has been to generate energy, sponsorship, ticket sales, and it's been tough. I mean, I mean, really, and you, you guys never whine about it, and I appreciate you for it, but the reality is, as long as I've been calling the games, I've had one winning season. So, but it's all the same for me. For you, yeah. it affects how you do. How hard has that been, and how rewarding is it knowing? Because this isn't just a one-year thing here, by the way. This thing's sustainable. How hard has that been, Chad, and how much, how rewarding is it that those days, at least for the here and now, are over? Well, number one, I'm blessed to work here. I'm blessed yeah. to live in Jacksonville. This is our home, and it's going to be my forever home. Um, it's been challenging at times, but our fans have always stuck with us. That's, yeah. The great thing is when I pick up the phone and call somebody, even when we're not having the best season, they're there for us. They support us. They want to talk football. They've always been there. Some have been waiting on the side for something like this to happen. But right now, it's rewarding for me to see that for them, for our staff, for our fans, for the football team, for them to be a part of something special like this after some challenging years. That's the most rewarding part for me. I'll stand on the field at kickoff, and I'll look up at the – stadium pack and I'll watch how people respond and that's where my emotions will kick in. Do you think about how meaningful Trevor Lawrence can be for this franchise the next hopefully 15-20 years? Do you kind of allow yourself to think about the legacy he could leave in Jacksonville? Well, we have to plan for the long term and prepare for the short term, right? But, you know, just looking what's happened the last six, seven weeks, the evolution he's gone through and the culture and the environment that's created. You know, you look at last night when we had Jaguars All-Access here and the entire safety crew shows up together. Yeah. That does, that, that's not manufactured. That's a family coming together. And inside that building, we're seeing that with the family coming together. And then it translates over to the business side. We start to see that we're all merged together, and, and that's what's really going to be the most fun for, for me. Chad, tell me about the first Duval tomorrow, Tyler Derby, a fan who has a pretty unique story, right? Yeah, well, he's, a, he's, a, he's the Jaguars fan of the year. And he'll be doing this during our fan appreciation game. So it still is our fan appreciation game, even though it's at this national level. So we'll have giveaways and things like that. He travels in for every game. Um, the time commitment that he shows uh, will be special for us to recognize him in front of his peers. And uh, they're voted on by their peers. So it'll be really special for us and special for Tyler. Chad Johnson with us, senior vice president uh, in charge of, like, everything. The, um, okay, so coaches aren't allowed to look ahead and players aren't allowed to look ahead focus on tomorrow you got to look ahead okay there's because if they win if we win and i think that's going to happen that's my opinion um you got a home playoff game how much of that 
is taking your time, your staff's time as you look ahead? Well, we're required by the league to right. look ahead and be right. prepared. So what happened was when we took the division lead, I immediately had to go on sale playoffs that day. Okay. Because the league requirement is if you're a division leader, by December 15th, you must be on sale. Yeah. So our playoff game is on sale right now. There are limited seats remaining because people are maybe waiting to see if we're actually in. But we've sold the majority of the playoff tickets already for next week's potential game. And after this game, Saturday night, we'll see what happens there. And hopefully the result will be what we want. And then we, we march right into the playoff game. Any gut on when you play? I mean, we were talking. We, there's, there's, there's what, five windows? No, six windows. Correct. There, there's, there's three windows Saturday. Two windows Sunday. Is that, is two, that right? Two Saturday, three Sunday. Two, two Saturday, three Sunday, one Monday. I guess it doesn't matter to you, though. You just, you just want to. It, it doesn't matter to us. You know, you're hearing a lot of if you play Saturday, you'll probably play Saturday again right. to so keep maybe, the consistent one-week window so for most four, teams. Maybe the 4 o'clock game. Yeah, so we're, we're preparing for that, but we have to be ready for every scenario. Logistically, what's it like for staffing? Do people just sort of, your workers assume that there may be a home playoff game? Yeah, I have, to, of, I have to take all the steps. Food and beverage, product have to be ordered, staff has yeah. to be assigned. You know, we have to make sure we have ticket takers, ushers, security. Food, for food service workers, everyone has to be planned and done and ready because you can't mobilize that quickly without it. So we're going through all those steps simultaneously for this game. So it's a little hectic, uh, <laughs> but it's exactly what I want to be doing. It's a great hectic. That's yes, exactly right. How are season tickets for next year going? So we're, we're taking deposits right now. Um, we are 10x ahead of where we were last year at this same time on deposits. Wow. And a lot of it has to do with this hype here. By placing a season ticket deposit, you get access to playoff purchase priority. And people, I think, are speculating that this is the time to do it. So we're anticipating, like you said, I think, Frank, that this is going to be a long runway here that we're going to be experiencing some success. And, and fans, I think, are realizing if I don't jump on board now, it's going to be a lot more challenging a couple of years down the road. Uh, off, off the beaten path just for a second while we have you. How much of your – I say you. I want to say you. I mean you and your staff. How much time is non-football, concerts, bold events? Is that is it even? Is it How does that work? So we do have a separate company called Bold Events that okay. does a lot of the concert work, the production of the concert work, things like that. My time, it takes about 40% because I program all the music there. Yeah. So I book all of the artists. Well, you so personally set them all up. I do, yes, I do. So that takes some of my time. But the operations side, we've got a great team that can handle that because – Getting ready for a sold-out NFL football game is not an easy task, especially when you have to do it really quickly. I have a list of artists I'd like to see, yeah. Chad. Can I get with you after <laughs> I, the interview? I'm happy, I'm happy, <laughs> to take, yeah. happy to take requests. Yeah, I don't even know that or not. We kind of like music around here. So okay, you probably do that. What, uh, what will a win Saturday mean for Shad, in your opinion? He's tried so hard to, to get it right, and now it looks like it might be right. What's your perspective on, on that? Uh, I use the word deserve. He deserves this. He is a fantastic owner. He has supported our business. He has supported our football operations. He has supported this community. And, and he and, his, and the family deserve this. They've, they've done it the right way by bringing in the right people. Uh, there's no doubt that we have the right people right now. And I, I just can't wait to see uh, opportunity to see them after the game and congratulate them. What is it like working with Doug Peterson? Um, such a humble, kind, caring man, right? And, and that translates to people in the building. I look at, I walked up one Tuesday afternoon, and there was a bunch of kids there at like 5 o'clock. I said, what's this? And he said, oh, it's Family Tuesday. And all the coaches bring their kids and families on Tuesday afternoon to hang out with their dads and play because Tuesday is a late planning night and stuff. And I walk away going, that's just so great yeah, that yeah. you care about the people that way. 
Um, and, and the way he interacts with the business staff and brings it into play truly understands the importance of how we all work together. I got to tell you, to that to Lawrence question, and you know this, and I've said this, I spent about a half an hour a week just dugging me, just trying to get an idea of what they're going to do. I mean, I'm 36 years in this business. I've been around a lot of those coaches. He's about as good as I've been around, Chad, in terms of regular guy, transparent, not a grandstander, not chippy when things are bad. You know, coaches have a lot of pressure on him, and I understand they get chippy when things go bad. He had a tough start. Never, never liked that at all. No, no, he hasn't wavered from what you saw on day one with him. And I've been in sports 24 years. I've been around a lot of those as well. Hands down, the best I've been with. Yeah. in any league of any sport. Hands down, and you see it with the way the players have rallied around him. They say they love playing for this guy, and that's because of Doug Peterson, the person, as much as Doug Peterson, the coach. All right, Chad, you, uh, you're, give me your data. I need your day tomorrow. What's Chad Johnson's day? Well, you're going to sleep tonight at all? Will you get to sleep? I will. Uh, I will do all I can to sleep. <laughs> I will be there early. My my day will start about one o'clock at the stadium, okay. and uh, we'll be making sure the stadium's ready, the stadium's safe, that we can get people in, that our operations are ready to go. Uh, so I do all that early because once once those gates open, it's hectic and chaos. And, and then at the end of the day, about 12 o'clock at night, yeah. I hope I'm sitting down at my desk having a celebratory beverage yeah. and getting ready for next week. Yeah, we, may, we win this one. I might break into your office and have one of those celebratory ones with you. Uh, Chad, you do a great job. And, I, and I'm not saying that just because you're a friend because we work together. I, I mean that I do think it's been some cha- there's been some challenges to build the the music initiative y'all have in addition to what you're doing here. You've done a great job. Congratulations. You, you, you deserve this, too, what's coming up here. So congratulations on this. Uh, good luck. I can't wait for the ballgame. Yeah, it's going to be special, that's for sure. It really is. Folks, let's send Chad Johnson off the right way. One, two, three. Duval! We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll hear the Titans side of it. Mike Keith, the play-by-play voice of the Titans, joins me after this. It's 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now... Hello. Another great guest on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. Brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. All right, welcome back to the program. Let's talk more Jags, Titans with the outstanding play-by-play voice of the Tennessee football team, my friend Mike Keith, who joins us now. Mike, how are you, man? Good morning, Frank. Good to have you on the program. It's a... Boy, these are exciting times for us, and uh, you know all about these exciting times. This is the, playing for a division title is kind of old hat for you guys. It's kind of new for us. But uh, what is the mood around the team now? You've had some injuries. It's been a tough go yet. Yet still, despite how many losses in a row, you're one game away from the playoffs, right? That's it, and and that's been the emphasis overall with football team for the past two weeks. Is you know coming into the Dallas game, they knew they were going to be shorthanded because. The only thing that mattered to the Titans was the game coming up Saturday night in Jacksonville. And so some of the guys who were still dinged up were held. Maybe they could have played against Dallas, maybe not, but they were held. And yet the practices were still very lively, even leading up to the Thursday night game. And, you know, and talking to Mike Vrabel about it, he said, well, he said, you know, I'm really not surprised because he said, we have that carrot out there and the carrot being, win the last game and you go to the playoffs and the practices have been sharp this week. And you know, what's really weird is this is the first time since the week of Thanksgiving that the Titans have been able to truly practice for the, the Titans were one of the teams picked to play two Thursday night, short week games this year. And with the new Amazon schedule, 
a team is going to have to be picked every year for that. Well, the Titans drew the short straw. And so over the period of seven weeks, they played three games in 11 days twice. And so that makes it hard to practice. But the other part of it is they're so beat up, they, you know, they could really just walk through. And after some time off last weekend, they got back out there this week and they have been able to practice and, you know, hop on that plane to Jacksonville knowing they've gotten some work in and, and feel okay about themselves. They can make a lot of things right in one football game tomorrow evening. And that's really the beauty of the league. You're, and you and I had this it talk is. last time we talked about this, that just get to the tournament, right? And both teams that's are it. thinking the same thing tomorrow night. You're exactly right. Hey, tell us about Joshua Dobbs. I know Joshua. We know him. He was here. He's one of the coolest young men I've ever met. Uh, he's smart as heck. He's funny. He's talented. Uh, but he hadn't been in the league for a while and hadn't played a lot. And all of a sudden, he's the Titans quarterback. Uh, How has that gone? How has that transition gone? i got to believe he's well-liked in that locker room. Tell me about Joshua Dobbs. Well, you talk about the part of him, first of all, that's really important, that he's a good guy and that he's a real low-key guy and that everybody really likes him. Well, that works for a quarterback, too. You know, that that's something in that locker room that makes a difference. So they he comes into the huddle and they immediately say, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm with this guy. You know, I, I can do this. And it, the, the part of it that Malik Willis was having the hardest time with was all of the things before the snap, calling the plays, calling the protections, doing all of the things that lead up to taking the snap on time, making sure everybody is set, that you're formationally proper. And so they bring Josh in and, you know, he's done it for six years. In Josh's rookie year in 2017, he would have had the same problems because nobody coming from college today has ever done this. That's right. Because everybody in high school and college does the same thing. They don't call plays. They don't work under center. And so Josh came in last week, and he sort of stabilized everything. He was easy to coach. He, he threw the ball where he was supposed to throw it, when he was supposed to throw it. Um, Josh has had, has had issues of accuracy throughout his career. I, I don't think that, you know, there is an overriding expectation, you know, that you're going to get a 500-yard passing game when he goes out there. But running the show is is what he did well, Frank. And in running the show, he gave the Tennessee Titans a chance against Dallas. And I, I think he'll give them the same chance in Jacksonville tomorrow night. Mike, how healthy are the principals here? I know Danico Autry's back, which is certainly good news uh, for the Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry was held out, but I imagine Derrick's healthy generally speaking, of the guys that are going to play in the game, I would think the healthiest Titans team in a while, right? Probably since Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah probably so. Um, it does not look like they're going to have to make seven roster moves on on Saturday. You know, and, right, and right. what's funny is uh, for what we do, we have our board set and everything with this guy will play offense, this guy will play defense. Three weeks in a row, they made seven moves the day before the game. Wow. wow. So, uh, I mean, and, and I don't think they're going to have to do that for this one. So that's a good sign. Uh, they're healthier. Uh, they're in better shape in terms of some depth at spots so they can they can run a few more things offensively and defensively package-wise than they've been able to do. There are still major hits. You know, the Titans have 23 players on injured reserve. 
And someone in the office was joking yesterday, if you took our IR, it would be a pretty good 33rd NFL team. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> if, if you said the type, if you just said that that's the newest NFL team, you'd say that's a pretty good club. So they still do, they're still not very talented in terms of the guys starting on the offensive line. They still lack some of the the difference makers that you would expect. But it's a, you know, it, it they have a chance to be a much more competitive team than they certainly were against Houston two weeks ago, probably than what they were against Jacksonville. Uh, you know, will it be enough? You know, the quarterback's not there. Yeah. They, you know, they, they lack some parts. But I, I think they will, they will be more representative of what you expect a Mike Vrabel team to be. Mike Keith with us, the play-by-play voice of the Titans. Tell me about Mike this year. And, and, and you know how I feel about him. We've had that talking on. I think he's one of the tough-nosed, mentally tough coaches that everybody wants to play for. He's a really good coach. But it's been a tough year for him. The, the GM stuff happened in the middle, in middle of the season. Losing your quarterback. Who you are? You lose your quarterback. Uh, that's tough stuff. Uh, tell me about Mike, his mindset going into this. I guess he's just next man up and go play, right? That's it. And I mean, that's what he's done. This this has been one of those years that seemingly whatever has been the next step has gone wrong. You know, some years, everything you do is right. Everything comes up roses. And it's like, okay, you say, well, we're going to do this. And it doesn't go quite right. And you have this injury that you weren't expecting. I mean, one of the things that they did is they, they knew if they put Malik Willis, they it would be hard for them to keep three quarterbacks at the age that this roster is. So they're like, there is no way Malik Willis is ready to play. But if we put him out there and try to get him through the practice squad, somebody's going to grab him. That's right. So they make him the second team quarterback. And the thought is, listen, Ryan Tannehill hasn't ever missed a game. Ryan Tannehill has had one major injury in his career and it cost him a whole season. It was a knee injury, but he doesn't just miss games. Right. Well, what happens this year? Mm. He misses games. So now you're sending a rookie quarterback out there who's not ready to play. And that was the gamble that they made, which is completely understandable. So for a lot of people, you would say, woe is me. And you would say, I can't believe this is happening. But that's not Vrabel, Frank. I mean, he just goes on. You know, he has this team and will have them ready to play tomorrow night where they will believe that if they somehow get this victory, they can go into the playoffs and make noise because they they believe in him and they believe in his message and they take on his personality at moments where they need to. If, you know, if they're if they're in a tough ball game in the fourth quarter, they're a pretty tough out right. because they don't believe they're going to lose. And that comes from Vrabel. That's his personality. And I think he's proven that the whole time he's been there. Which, sure. you, which you just said the whole time he's been there. Look, t- tomorrow night for for this place, it's going to be like Alabama, Tennessee, bro. This is going to sure. be it's going to be like Tennessee, Florida in the swamp, which we just haven't had that around here. It's good. It's going to be a festival, man. It's going to be loud. And, and I'm wondering how the Jags young players will deal with that. I think they'll deal with it well because Doug Peterson's a really good coach too. But but it's still a young team, Mike. The the Titans are a far more veteran team in a lot of spots. How will they manage how big this moment will be? And again, it's new for us. It's not quite as new for the Titans. How do they manage the big moment? Frank, I don't think the um, the bigness of the moment is is potentially the issue. I think 
for the Titans, the communication stuff may be the big issue mm-hmm. because you've got a quarterback who's been with you for exactly 16 days. Right. And so some of that, I think those are the things that you worry about. The other thing, too, is because you've had injuries, you may have you may have communication problems on defense. You may have misalignments at different points. That's the part of the injury thing that's never talked about, Frank, is it's not just you go from you, you take a step down in talent potentially, but you those guys don't get first team reps in practice. And so they don't like Kevin Byard can look at Amadi Hooker and they know where they're supposed to be. But a guy like Jack Gibbons, who's going to play tomorrow night, and a guy like Monty Rice, who's going to play tomorrow night, who are not the regular linebackers, they don't know each other that way. So those are the things I think the atmosphere could potentially affect, and, and that's going to be the real challenge for the Titans. I think in a lot of ways – the, the way this crowd is going to be will ignite the Titans as well because mm-hmm. it's just so exciting. Sure. I mean, the, the whole thing is, is fantastically exciting for the NFL. It's obviously exciting for Jacksonville. But to go into one of these circumstances, you see it every week in the SEC, for example. You don't see it all the time in the NFL. You see, it at, you see it at playoff time. And oftentimes the road teams do well in the playoffs because – I think the the visiting team feeds off that energy just like the home team. I I can't wait to see what it's going to be like. And it's funny you said that. I can tell you, talking to Doug Peterson a week ago, one of his big concerns was going to Houston last week. And I'm not knocking the Texans. We've all had bad years. We've had a lot of them around here. But he knew it was going to be a very quiet environment, that the the Texans fans weren't going to be there. It was going to almost feel like a scrimmage. I think coaches, Mike, are more worried about that than what we're going to see Saturday night, don't you think? I do. I think that's exactly right because it can take your temperature down as well. Right. You know, it, it can it can sort of lull you into a malaise. Yeah. And and that's the part of it. I mean, athletes at this level love it. You know, they they love it when the home fans are going crazy, the away fans are going crazy. They they feed off that sort of excitement. Now can it be a big advantage for Jacksonville because the Titans might false start? Yeah. I mean, sure. That's, that's something you're concerned about. If you're the Titans that goes towards that communications issue. I don't think athletes at this level get intimidated as much, but the problems can still be there in spite of that. And I I think if you're Tennessee, that's what you're most worried about is making those sorts of mistakes because the communication gets thrown off. Mike, final thing. Uh, you've watched from afar. We've watched it up close. Jags have won four in a row, five of six, which, again, we haven't done a lot around here. But it's a good team, and it's a really well-coached team. What's your impression of Jacksonville based on what you've seen from there? It's exactly what I thought they would be and feared. Yeah. <laughs> um, because Doug Peterson was going to do a good job with with Trevor Lawrence and Press Taylor was going to do a good job. and. Mike Caldwell was going to do a good job. I mean, it's a good coaching staff. It's excellent ownership. Everybody's known that for a long time. It was only a matter of time before Jacksonville got straight. Jacksonville's straight. I don't think they're ahead of schedule. I think they're on schedule now. And the only question is, is on schedule a playoff team that's a division winner or a team that's made a massive jump? Uh, Either way, it's a good thing. 
We're certainly hoping for the latter. But the fact of the matter is Jacksonville is here to stay for the foreseeable future. Mike Keith, the terrific play-by-play voice of the Titans. Mike, I always love it, man. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. It's going to be a fun time around here. Can't wait to see you, buddy. Thanks, Frank. Okay. Mike Keith, the terrific play-by-play voice of the Tennessee Titans. Back in a moment on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, we're glad you're with us. We continue along. Hey, everybody, ready? One, two, three. Duval! All right, very nice. I just want to make sure y'all are paying attention, all right? Very good job. Well done. And the Jags just took the lead. The Jags, That's also come on. good news. There's an ass whipping going on up there, just in case y'all wonder, so that is good. All right, glad you are with us. Uh, we are going to do our picks contest. I don't know if y'all know this or not, but Hayes and Lauren are both tied in our picks contest. And one of them are going to win. Who are y'all rooting for, Hayes? Lauren. Yay! <laughs> I so set you up right there. You, you, know, you had yeah. no chance. No right? chance. But, but I enjoyed setting you yeah. up right there. I don't so blame there, you. Thank was, you, everyone. There was that. That means right. I'm guaranteed a loss. You are, right. <laughs> all right. They're all tied. So here we go. I'm going to go over the standings. We'll do it later. All right. Well, sorry. Gibby, you ready to go back in there? How you doing, Gibby? You all right? Very good. Fired up. Every- ready to be in the crowd for the game tomorrow. I'm excited. All right, here's some here's some uh, mu- picks music. Let's get right to it. The uh, what's the the Sunday Nighters, the Packers? We'll leave that for next to last. Ravens at Bengals. Give me who do you like? I like the Bengals. I'll take the Bengals as well. Now let's go to the two champion contenders. Lauren, you go first. Bengals or Bengals at home or Ravens? I will take Joe Burrow and the Bengals, considering Lamar Jackson's not going to play. Hayes, what about it? I agree. Cincinnati. They're tied at the top, by the way. Just in case you know. And they're afraid to go against each other. Gibby, Patriots Coach at Bills. It's not that we're afraid. Pa- Patriots at Bills. Who do you got, Gib? I got the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they're going to be emotionally charged. They're going to be fired up. I got the Bills. Almost impossible for the Patriots this week. Lauren? Yeah, I've got the Bills. Everything with DeMar Hamlin that's going on, I was so happy to hear that he was able to FaceTime with the team. The breathing tube is out. That is just fantastic news. That's great. News. That's the best news, news we've heard in a long Absolutely. time. Absolutely. When you wake up, I'm assuming uh, this, I've not been through it, but you wake up in a coma and you're not able to talk to people, that's yeah. got to be so hard. So just a, an amazing, miraculous recovery and super thankful for all of those first responders. I already wrote you down for the Bills. Is that Thank safe? you. Okay, you got <laughs> it. That is very safe. <laughs> all right. This week is, is really lopsided as far as picks go. Browns at Steelers. Gib. Oh, man. I think, I think the Steelers win this one in a close game. I think the Steelers win as well because they think they've got an outside chance to get into this thing. Hayes, you go first. Browns or Steelers? I will take the Cleveland Browns in an upset. Wow. Hayes is trying to win a championship. So what's going on here. Lauren? He absolutely is. I can't bet against Mike Tomlin. This would be another season where he's above 500. Yeah. That's all he does. I've right. got the Steelers. All right. Give me Jets at Dolphins. That, by the way, that game's probably going to decide our picks contest uh, right there, yeah. the yeah. Browns and the Steelers with both you guys going different. Uh, Jets and the Dolphins, man. Uh, the Dolphins are going with their third-string quarterback, so give me yeah. the Jets. Jets on the road. Somehow I'm taking the Dolphins. I don't even know why. I just know I'm going to take them. Lauren, you're first. Well, that's because it's Joe Flacco versus yeah. Skylar Thompson. Yeah. I'm not sure there is a good answer. I'll actually take the Dolphins also. Dolphins uh, even though I picked them last week and they let me down. And Hayes Carline. J-E-T-S. Right. Jets, We've Jets. got two Jets. different. There you go. All right. This one is going to have the total points I'm going to get from you guys just in case okay. there's a tie. Uh, the last game of the day is the Lions and Packers. Gibby, who do you like there? This is going to be a really good game. I've got the Packers by less than a touchdown. You've got the Packers. I'll take the Packers as well. Uh, Hayes, you're first here. 
I am going to take Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at home. And Lauren Brooks. I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at home as well. So you want to score total for that game? Yeah, but you're going to have to write that down because if not, y'all can go under each other. See? Okay. That's what I am. I'm clever that way. That's what I am. Um, and finally, I go last on this one. The Titans play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Give me who do you like. My friend Luke Combs uh, said App State by a million on college game day. I'm going to go Jaguars by a million. Jags by a million. Lauren Brooks. I picked the score the other day, 28-10. to 10. I'm starting to feel like the Titans are going to get shut out, though. Jaguars are going to stop Derrick Henry, and the Jacksonville Jaguars win the AFC South. Hey, it's Carline. Who do you like? I think the, move, the moment is going to be really big for the Jaguars, and they haven't been in this situation before. Derrick Henry has just been so tough. And I'm taking the Jaguars! <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Jaguars! 26! Titans! Poor people filling oh. out their club tickets. Well done. Make sure he gets an extra. <laughs> Guys, it's up to me. Make sure he gets an extra one in Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. I'm up now. Titans and Jaguars. Huh? Titans and Jaguars. Huh? I got to pick someone. Titans and, huh? Titans and, uh, let's see, Titans. Huh? Titans. Titan. Well, of course I want the Jaguars. One, go. two, three. Duval. Jaguars across the board. That is our picks contest. Once again, Hayes and Lauren, one of those will win our championship. You guys went opposite two, so you could still be tied. So I'm going to get total points from you uh, when you all, the other one isn't looking. So we have that. I'll, we'll text them to you. All right, you text nice me. Nice and easy. Total, hey, total points without going over. Okay. Okay, so if you go over, you have total points without going over, text me okay. what you think. Total, that's in the Packers-Lions game. Total points, you text it to me, too, Okay. later on coming up just a bit. Let's talk to him. I've got time. until, like, kickoff of that. You do. You have some time. Uh, Pete Prisco comes up in just a bit, but before he does, um, some topics in the news. First of all, you hit it, Lauren. The phenomenally good news, phenomenally good news that, that, that DeMar Hamlin um, is talking he, there is no neurological damage. That is so good news. Prayer works, everybody. Prayer works, and it's, uh, and it's such good news. And he talked to his team, which is awesome. I can't imagine that moment. Uh, I'm not sure if the players were told in advance about what was about to happen. Uh, but once he gets on that screen and he's able to tell them how much he loves them, I mean, I get a, you know chill bumps just thinking of that moment that they got to experience earlier today. And look, it, this is a team now. The Bills were already dangerous. But now you take a team that really does have a rallying cry and someone to play for, and this could be a team that wins the Super Bowl. It could be. It was a magnificent moment. It's a credit to just medical science. Yeah, and Just the, the remarkable performance of, of those uh, professionals to, to save his life, and it's, it's wonderful news. And, yeah, it could be something absolutely that carries the Bills to a title. It is, it is a great moment in, uh, for, all, for everybody, not just NFL fans, not just Bills fans, obviously. What a great, great moment. I think we're all excited about it. All right. The NFL came out with tie-breaking measures. Uh, we talked about them yesterday. The one I think we threw out immediately that would not happen, and that is uh, an eighth team in each conference. And the reason I said this yesterday, and I'm glad that's the one that's not on the table that we heard might be, is because it's totally unfair. It would have been totally unfair to the team that worked all year to get that by, right? I mean, that, that's, the, that's, who, that's who gets screwed in this. The Eagles, Chiefs, whoever would have gotten that by. Yeah, it's this is this has been a very difficult situation, you know, for the league to, to work through. And I, I don't, I think it's imperfect, but it was always going to be. And 
you know, we'll just we'll see what what the tournament brings us. But again, you know, maybe we'll uh, maybe the, the AFC Championship game being a neutral site won't matter. Maybe it'll be at TIA Bank Field. That would be just glorious. What's crazy to me is that we could have a coin toss determine who has yeah. home field. Well, that's crazy, and you could have an AFC Championship game played on a neutral site. Um, what do you think about two questions for you, Hayes? What do you think about the possibility of playing an AFC championship game on a neutral site? And second part of the question, if you don't like it, what would be a better solution given the circumstances we have? Yeah, I, I, I don't like it. I think it's, uh, it's, a, it's a really bad idea. And, and, again, I think if the Chiefs win tomorrow against the Raiders, they should be the one seed. And based, based, on, based on the best record. They'd be 14-3 and three and no one else in the AFC would be. So, you know, I, I, if the Chiefs win – I think it should go through Arrowhead. There's also just something clunky about a neutral site game for the NFL. That's not how this sport is done, so I don't like it either. I agree with Hayes. It should be the Chiefs, 14-3. and They played all their games, and they won 14 of them. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I I think if that was the case, then the Bills are being penalized for having DeMar Hamlin get hurt. And, and, and And I don't, at all costs, I wouldn't want that. At any cost... I wouldn't want to see them penalized because their guy got hurt. I just I would hate for that to happen. So, but I said I wouldn't say that without having an answer. Um, and I don't like the neutral site either. I think the neutral site's a very bad idea, by the way. That that's the worst idea. Yes, it maintains competitive balance, I suppose. But I like I don't like that. Would they have it in another NFL stadium? Uh, they about I think it would be in Indianapolis. Okay. Okay. Stadium, easy to get to for everybody. I, I just and the Colts are clearly out of it. Yeah. And and I get that we didn't see. Yeah. You know, a lot of Cincinnati Buffalo. I think Cincinnati was winning that game. I mean, I just, I do. Maybe, maybe that's not what would have happened. But the way that Joe Burrow came out, I just, now I yeah. get it. It's, it's yeah. a 60 I, minute game, but. By the way, I think they would have too. But I, I applaud the league for not making a decision based on that. Uh, even though I agree with you, I think they would have won. So my answer would be if it was me in there, by the way, there you go. There's a long time. The, uh, Return we thought by Jamal Agnew at the time. Um, I will tell you We've this: we got Jaguar touchdowns everywhere. Yeah, we do. <laughs> They're all over the place. I um, I would come up with some sort of a metric, whether it was point differential, and I know that goes against running up the score. Point differential. Some the, the, the pro sports have more analytics and, and, and metrics than ever now. You can come up with a metric that tells you what team had the better year. Whether, well, whether, how, how about how many minutes they were leading in the game, that, that, well, which stop, might be better than whether point it's that, whether it's whether it's uh, the point differential. I'm not sure, but I, if it was me, and it came down to that, I would come up with a metric and ask everybody to live with that metric, whatever it is, rather than play it in a neutral site game. I I do like you guys. I do not. Li- I think that's the worst recommendation of all of these we've talked about. I think the worst recommendation is playing this thing in a neutral site game. I mean. I mean, who's going? Are you asking fans from both? To, are you asking Kansas City and Buffalo fans both to travel to Indianapolis and then go to the desert a week later or two weeks later? Yeah, you know, I, it's a I, bad idea. Yeah, I really don't like that. Of all the ideas, that one, I'm even surprised that one's in play. I, 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 I just really. And that's part of football is having the home field advantage, at least in the NFL, yeah, more than college. But you can, there's enough metrics now that. If wins and losses don't allow you to do it because there's an uneven amount of games played and it was nobody's fault, 
there's enough metrics to come up with who had the better year. There just are. There's just there's enough stuff out there, other than who won the most. There just is. Lord, we see more analytics today, Hayes, and every sport we've ever seen in our lives. Something, some can, some computer can. You know what I mean? Between point differential and time leading, which is a good one, and someone can spit all that into a computer. And the computer spits out team A had a better. Don't you think? Get me Jeff Sagarin on the phone. <laughs> right. Yeah, but somebody, right? Yeah. So you would think that. All right, we're going to take a break. We're live at Strings. What a great crowd. In about an hour, we're giving away two club seats. you got to be here to win. But if your name's in the box, you have a chance. By the way, I say this all the time. Lauren is going to pick these, okay? Lauren's going to draw it. Um, Why me? I want to say this gently. Most of y'all aren't going to win. <laughs> Blame her, okay? So just, just so you know, most, just so y'all know, most of y'all aren't winning, okay? But uh, we're glad you're here. I'm excited about you guys having a chance to win. Uh, when we come back, let's say hello to our friend Pete Prisco from CBSSports.com. By phone, he'll talk Jags and a whole lot more. Stay with us. Time for all things Jaguars and NFL with Pete Prisco. The Prisco Report, presented by Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. Showtime. On the Frangie Show. All right, we thank our friends from Showtime for sponsoring uh, the Pete Prisco Report. Uh, Showtime has all your cards, autograph memorabilia. Seven days a week they're open. Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles is at the corner of Phillips and Shad. You also can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're having a big old party here at Strings. Place has been packed all day. The only thing, Hayes, that would make this party better is if Prisco was here. Prisco's right. a party guy. Big time. Prisco and I used to go to more bars when we were mid-20s. Broke. Bombay Bicycle Club. Oh, glory days all of them. Right, Pete? Wouldn't you say that whole strip on Bay Meadows, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and when we were covering college football, we used to go uh, to glory days to watch the NFL every Sunday because you couldn't get it on TV, remember? It was no, there was no remember. satellite TV back then. I, yeah, I we, I, we, had, we had a lot of good old times back in those days. Yeah, we did. Yeah, you know what? When, you had, when you're single and you got no money, you go to the bar and watch the game. That's what Pete and I did. That's exactly right. Hey, uh, Pete, uh, this place is on fire. And it's going to be the kind of scene we haven't seen around here in a long time. Uh, we're in strings now. Every seat's taken. People are so excited. Jaguar fans are awesome, by the way. What a great group of people we have in this place. But there's going to be uh, a bunch of them, 60,000, 70,000 of them in the stadium tomorrow night. Will this be, in your opinion, and nobody knows better than you, the most important, most talked about regular season game they've ever played? I say yes. And, and the reason I say yes is because when they, when they went to the playoffs in 96 and that game was at home, that was for just to get into the postseason. wasn't to win a division title. This is to win a division title. This is big. They haven't had a game like this at home uh, in years. And, and so, uh, you know, since then probably. And, and that tells you how important it is. Uh, I think it is. And, and I think what they've done is absolutely incredible to go from a team that picked first to being on the – doorstep of winning a division uh and doug peterson deserves all the credit in the world for what he's done with that team. pete how do you think doug peterson will attack the titans well i you know here's the thing last time he had emin ingram had a big day against him and so you know the titans are gonna do everything they can to take him away and the one good thing about doug peterson is he knows how to find the weakness in an offense i mean in a defense if they're going to try and take away uh evan ingram then he's going to go to the other guys on the outside and and i think that's the key thing is, you know, if you protect, and again, those two guys on the inside, they can get after it. I, you know, Jeffrey Simmons, when he's healthy, is a game wrecker. He is one of those guys. And so you have to protect the quarterback. But I think if you get the ball out, which he did, you know, not unlike what they did to the Jets, 
you know, when they got the ball out of the quarterback's hands, because that's a good defense too. So I, I, you know, I don't know exactly how he's going to take him away uh, or attack him because I do think they're going to try and take Ingram away and not let him beat him like he did last time. Pete, where are the Titans emotionally right now, having lost six straight and coming to TIA Bank Field? Well, I, I think they're a wounded team, but you know what? That guy's usually good in that role. Um, you know, you got to be careful with that one because Grable is one of those coaches that gets a, a wounded team that nobody's expecting to win to play tough in, in, in big games and play tough on the road. They've done it before. Uh, that's the Titans' way, so you got to be real careful with that. And um, I, I, I think the biggest difference in this game over the course of any of the games that the Titans have played with Derrick Henry in the lineup is the fact that their offensive line is so damaged right now. It is a bad group. I mean, they, they have one guy that's starting that's played all year, Brewer, and he's not a very big guy at left guard. And the rest, some of those guys they picked up off the scrap heap. And I think that's a problem for him because if Derrick Henry can't get his feet moving, then I think you win. You've got to get penetration. You get inside. And if he can't get his feet going, then I think you win that game. And I think you win it by 10 to, 12, to 14 points. The guy you talked about, Brewer, you know, he's 270. I, in it's today's amazing. NFL. Amazing. In today's NFL, a 270-pound interior offensive lineman, it really is amazing. Pete, I ask you this, though, and you, you kind of referenced this. Mike Vrabel's really good, and he's really good in the us-against-the-world scenarios. Um, I would think if you're Mike Vrabel, and Hayes said this two days ago and he was dead on, you're saying this is the fight of all fights. It's us against the world. Nobody believes we can win this thing, yet we usually beat this team. He's going to turn this into a tough echo the whistle, try and make it 13-10 late third quarter. That's got to be the game the, the Titans try to play, right? It has to be. It's the only way they can win that game is because, you know, be physical on defense and, you know, make, make Jacksonville work for their, for their points and not get some big plays in the passing game and then run Henry and then run Henry and then get some boots outside and then run Henry. If they stop Henry – period, they win the game. If they, you know, we saw that a couple weeks ago or about a month and a half ago when the Bengals went in there. They limited Henry to nothing, and they won that game. And I think that's the key for Jacksonville. Obviously, stopping Henry is first and foremost. Um, you know, here's the thing, too. Get up on them. If you get up on them, they might, you know, look around and say, hey, we only have Henry to come back in this game. What do we do? And so I think that's the key, too, is to get up on them. And, and and put history aside, and, and I'm a big believer in history. I always have been. I, I thought the Titans would win the first game because of the history in the series. But put that aside, and I thought they did a good job of that last week because, remember, that history in that series is very good either against the Texans. And they put that aside and ended that game early. Do that in this game. Don't let the Titans hang around and you start thinking again. Here they go again. It's the Titans at home. Big game. You can't allow it to happen. you got to put them away early. Pete, how would you rush Josh Dobbs on obvious passing situations? Would you have a controlled rush uh, and not let him escape, just let him operate out of the pocket? How would you handle that? Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably keep him in the pocket. i try and keep him in the pocket. But here, here's the thing. If you stop their run and put him in obvious passing situations, huge advantage to you because you can keep him in there. He's a little guy. He's not going to, you know, he doesn't see the, he's not a big stand-in-the-pocket quarterback. Ideally, they'd like to get him, run Henry, get him outside on some boots, create that way. But if you can limit Henry, then you force him to do some pocket stuff, and that's a big advantage to you. So you've you got to be careful. You know, he's not going to kill you like Lamar Jackson getting outside the pocket, but he can move. He's capable of doing that. Keep him in there, throw, throw a bunch of different looks at him. Remember, this is a guy who hasn't played a lot. 
And last week when he went in there, you know, Dallas was prepared not to play him. So they had to change some things. It's almost like when Jacksonville got hit with the, the kid in, uh, in, against the Jets when he came in and ran all those, you know, he looked like a right-handed Tebow when he ran all those plays. I, I think that, that's the situation, you, you know, they, now they have tape on him, and it's going to be a lot tougher for him. I, I, again, though, stop Henry, you win, you limit what he can do getting outside in those boots. Pete, how good has Walker Little been in place of Cam Robinson? You know what? There hasn't been much of a drop-off. I mean, he hasn't, like, stood out and was Tony Baselli at left tackle, but he, he's done a nice, solid job in there. And, uh, I, you know, he, he, there are a couple plays here and there where he gets, you know, lazy and, he, you know, he lets up and the guy gets past him. Uh, but I, I, thought, I thought all in all, he's, he's, the, the, the drop-down from Robinson to Little so far has not been that great. It really hasn't been. And, and I'm impressed with him. I think he's done a good job. I think the right tackles had a phenomenal season, and they got to make a decision there. The center is getting better by the week. You know, Shatley's going to fight you every single play. And, you know, Sheriff has had his moments where he's just been okay to me. And, you know, some games he's looked really good. Other games he's just been okay. So, um, you know, they saw a guy last week, A.J. Can, who they probably could have kept for a lot cheaper that plays is almost playing right up to that level, I think, this year. You know, you know, two things you said. The nice thing, and you're right, Juwan Taylor's had a really good year. They, and I think they are going to try and keep him. Your point about Walker Little, you know the good thing, Pete, uh, to Lauren's question? They haven't had to help him much. That's the thing, right? He doesn't have to be Baselli. He doesn't have to be Walter Jones. He just needs to be good enough that you don't have to chip because they want Evan Ingram in the pass patterns, okay? They don't, they, you know, I mean, so they go too tight sometimes. But don't you think one of the good things is they haven't had to help him? Isn't that a big part of this? Yeah, and I think really think a lot of that is the scheme of the offense and the way Doug Peterson calls plays. I really I mean, Again, I say it all the time. He makes you defend sideline to sideline. It's got so much movement, pre-snap movement, and gets the you know guys going one way and flowing back against it. He makes it easy on a the offensive line, but he also makes it easy on the quarterback, and he makes it easier on hit, you know being able to hit those shots down the field when you can get them outside the pocket. So I love the way he calls plays, but like I say every Monday, there's one a game where I go, "What in the hell is that?" And, you know, it's, I, call it, I call it Philly specialitis because he has one per game where I look at it and I go, what is he doing? And the one the other day was, what were you doing with Trevor Lawrence leading your sweep? I mean, your reverse, what were they doing? What was that? <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Pete, let's get to some uh, league issues. Uh, number one, I know you share how happy everybody is about DeMar Hamlin's health, prayers work, great medical work work. I know how long you've covered this league, and it had to rattle you like it did all of us. What great news we have now, uh, we're getting now out of Buffalo. It's fantastic, and from everything I hear, he's a, you know, he's a great kid. You know, he's done some really good things, and he was on his way to being a real. and I still hope he gets back because he's a pretty good football player. He's getting better and better. Uh, but, Frank, that watching that unfold, I knew right away. I, told, I was sitting there with my wife, and I said, look, uh, this is not good. This is really bad. Because – I've been around fields where guys have gone down, and, you know, I always reference, you remember Leon Brown, the, the, he's now a police officer in Jacksonville, or he was for a long time, and he was a running back on Jacksonville's team, and he took a pitch and went wide up at Stevens Point, and you heard the cracking of the leg, and the players jumped up and ran away from it with their heads, their heads are in their hands, but then they moved that over and ran the next play. Move the ball, I always say, move the ball. You've always seen it, move the ball. This was not a move the ball play. This was situation. This was a, everybody. You stood there and watched. This man was fighting for his life, and we've never. 
me and you have seen 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 it before with Chuck Hughes back in the day. We remember that when we were kids. It was terrifying. A guy, a man died on the field. They actually finished that game. He had a heart attack. Well, this was just like it, and that was the scary point of the whole thing. It was terrifying, and I'm glad he's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Pete, in the next five years, how many AFC South titles do you think the Jaguars will win? Well, I can tell you this. They own the division now for the next decade. It's theirs. So somebody's got to come get it from them. That's, that's, the, that's the reality of the whole situation. You look around the quarterback situation of the other teams. You have a mess in Indianapolis. You probably will get a rookie quarterback, and you're going to get a good one uh, in, in Houston. So that one's to keep, that's one to keep an eye on. And Tennessee, look, Malik Willis has showed he can't play. And it's going to be a while for him to play. I never thought he was going to be that good to begin with. And then what do they do with Tannehill? So I think if you look at it on the surface, Trevor Lawrence makes them the, – the, they're the division favorite now, and they should be that way for the next dec- decade. Sustainable success, like I always say, comes with the quarterback position, and that kid is the real deal, and that, that's why they're going to be the best team in that division. And you know what? They're going to start getting games on prime time. That'll be a novel approach. Now they're going to get games on prime time yeah, next well. year. Absolutely. Pete, does Aaron Rodgers make the playoffs? Yes, and nobody wants to see him make the playoffs either, by the way. Everybody in the NFC postseason right now is rooting for the Detroit Lions on Sunday. They don't want that. They do not want him in there. They don't want that team can run the ball. They're healthy now on the offensive line. Bakhtiari's back. Jenks is back playing his left guard spot. They're good on the offensive line. The young receivers have grown up. They average 130 yards almost rushing per game. They can run it. And defensively, they still have problems against the run. But they make a lot of big plays. They have good special teams. Nobody wants them in the playoffs. And if they get in, remember, when he won the Super Bowl, he got in as a wild card. And he got hot at the right time. And, boy, I'll tell you what, that was some of the best quarterbacking I've seen uh, with my own two eyes. And I was in Atlanta the one day when he beat Atlanta. That was special that day watching him rip the ball over the place. So, yeah, they'll make it, and nobody wants to see him make it. Pete, final thing. Uh, The NFL came up with tie-breaking procedures. Uh, winning percentage. Um, the one that surprised me the most is the possibility of a neutral side AFC championship game. That one shocked me. The others made some sense. What did you make of the NFL's release about how they're going to possibly break ties given that not every team is going to play the same amount of games? You know what, Frank? I said it all last week on our shows down here. I said he's, they're going to go to a neutral field for the championship game. It's the only fair way to – I always thought it was the only fair way to do it because you couldn't play that game. There's no way you could have played that game and made it fair. No way. If you play the game, where do you play it? Who gets to buy? How do you push? They don't get a buy. They'd have to play again. The team that lost that game would have to play again the following week. I, I just – there was no way to play that game. So why not make it – um, you know, a buy situation. It might not come to fruition either. It might, you know, there's there's always the chance it doesn't come into play. But if it does, why not? And by the way, secretly, I hope they move it to Indy. If it's Buffalo and Kansas City, move that damn game or Cincinnati and Kansas City or <laughs> whatever. Move move that game to move that game to Indianapolis. We don't want any elements ruin that thing. First one to forty. Let's go. Slice them up and let's go. Forty forty one forty. How about that? Pete Prisco from CBSSports.com. Hey, Frank, one quick thing thing I want to say. The Pro Football Hall of Fame committee screwed it up again, okay? They just just can't help themselves. Fred Taylor is a Hall of Famer. You know, I wrote, I I sent out a letter to a bunch of those voters in the last couple weeks, and and I got the impression that maybe he was going to do okay in this round. I don't know what the hell is happening, but it's unfair to him. He is a Hall of Famer. He deserves to at least get into the room. It makes no sense to me. 
Fred Taylor's a Hall of Famer, and, and we still got to do a lot of work to try and get him there, but he's definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, 100%, hey, 100% agree. Everybody on our show agrees with that. I think most of the people on our station agree with you as well. And he'll get in. And I thought he handled it with grace and with dignity, uh, which I would have expected from Fred, and he gave us nothing less. I, I've told you all along, the, and you know this, the fear with Fred is he was in the AFC when running backs on better and more well-known teams kept going to the Pro Bowl. Jerome Bettis and Curtis Martin and Edge and all those guys. I'm like you, Pete. I think he was a better player than all three of those guys. But they kept yeah, going to Pro Bowl, and, and that hurt you him. You had, yeah. You had, uh, you know, what's his name in Kansas City was running wild at that time. You had the, you know, uh, the kid in the uh, Ravens, Jamal Lewis, was running wild at that time. So he didn't get the opportunity to go to Pro Bowl. It's the exact reason. And he should be in. He will get in. Only three players. There's three players with 2,500 carries who have averaged 4.5 per carry in their career. It's Barry Sanders. It's Adrian Peterson, who will be a slam dunk Hall of Famer. Fred Taylor. He should be in the Hall of Fame. No doubt about it. Pete, great work, man. Enjoy the ball game. We appreciate it. All right, guys. You guys, too. All right. Pete Prisco checking in from CBSSports.com. Always brought to you by Showtime. Sports cards and collectibles. They've got everything you need. Autograph memorabilia open seven days a week. Located at the corner of Phillips and Chad. We'll take a break. Johnny O joins us after this. The O Show for two segments. And then at the bottom of the hour, we're giving away two tickets. We're about 35 minutes away. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now it's time for the O Show with John Osher from Jaguars.com. Oh. 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 Party at Osher's house. We're going to Osher's. They're all going to John's house. Okay. I live uh, uh, four blocks that way right. and three blocks that way. So that, there and so, there. Yeah, I live over there. All right. And it's fantastic. Springfield's the best. Hey, y'all want to welcome in, John? You want to welcome in here? One, two, three. Two. Just for you, Johnny. Okay, well, you I appreciate that. You I see really John do. on Jaguars.com. He does the Ozone on a regular basis. Um, pretty good this week, huh? Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I think all of the people nationally who thought town doesn't support the team, yeah. all that, the reality is when this team is good, this fan base is as good as any in the league, maybe better. And uh, so I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm glad to see it. I think the intensity of it has been interesting in this sense. Um, in 17, they had some good crowds in 18, coming off 17. But you had all season to build up to it. You had all off season to build up to it. Here, it seems only been good for about three weeks. So all of a sudden, wow, this moment has been thrust upon them. And I think that energy is very similar to 1996 to me. Let me ask you, you're one step ahead of me. I want you to compare it to that and to the big years in Indy. How how does this compare, not the teams, we'll we'll, we'll learn that in the next few weeks, the the energy. The energy, you know, I was young in 96, right? You know, (laughs) We're both old men now. Yeah, I didn't know you were ever young because I'm pretty sure I wasn't. But so we ahead. have the perspective. I probably didn't take time during the run to grasp how big a deal it was. But then uh, Pete Prisco and I wrote a book after the fact, and you kind of look back on it, um, and it was intense. But back then you didn't have the advantage working for a newspaper. You were sort of in a bunker, if you will. Yeah. So now with social media, with the fan base, with things like this, I think it's pretty comparable. You know, I always attached the 96 run and said, you're only young once. 
so you only get that youthful attachment to a team once, and that's what it felt like because the franchise was new. But considering where the team has been for 10 years, except for 17, but basically 10 years of really struggling play and the fan base sort of sitting there waiting for something to happen, I think this is pretty similar. I, this feels like a rebirth, whereas that was the birth. And uh, I think the energy level is going to be incredible tomorrow night. In your expertise, how can the crowd at the NFL level affect the road team? Well, I think a lot of times it doesn't except for noise, false starts, that sort of thing. But I think there are rare instances where it's so big and so energetic. I don't know if it's going to affect the road team, but I was, I was thinking today trying to break down this game and think, you know what, I think this defense tomorrow night, this Jaguars defense, as long as it doesn't make mistakes of aggression, boy, I can't imagine not feeling off that crowd. And I think there's a chance they get a break early and this thing turns into a, uh, a snowball effect, an avalanche effect, where you're just cheering all night. And they've got to earn that. I mean, that's, it. that's not guaranteed. Jaguars have to play well. But uh, for a while this week, I thought it was going to be close. It, it still could be, but I think the energy of that crowd tomorrow night could be something special. How do you think the Jaguars play it against Josh Dobbs? Blitzes, kind of let him stay in the pocket? What do you think? I think the key is not so much how you play Josh Dobbs. Do you stop Derrick Henry on early downs? Can you get the Titans into third and four and up, or third and six and up? And then you can do whatever you want to against Josh Dobbs. Then you can blitz. Then you can bring pressure. Then you can try to confuse. If they're facing second and four and third and one all night, then I'm not sure Josh Dobbs' inexperience becomes a factor because then they can throw whenever they want to throw. Then they're throwing on second and four when you're not expecting it. I think that football 101 stuff tomorrow night is huge. Watch the early downs. If they can get him into third and eight, second and eight, then I think you can really affect a quarterback who has an unbelievable lack of experience within the NFL and within this offense. I think Josh Dobbs' inexperience in the offense, Frank, is it, it's unbelievable to be starting a game like this. It'd be one thing if he, if he knew the yeah, whole offense no, from all right. season. He has two weeks. There, by all logic, has to be things that he can't get to in that playbook. And I think that could be a factor if they can force him into passing situations. To that end, I agree with everything you said. It's well said. To, an extension on Lauren's question. So how do they try? What do you think they do to try and eliminate long runs on first down? Is it is it uh, is it more of uh, big big nickel Dewey instead of Trey Herndon? Is it that three linebacker look? Do they leave Rayshon Jenkins? Yeah, do they stack the box more than normal? I guess is the question. I think you'll see some stacking of the box more than normal. I honestly think though they believe that the long runs last time were more them being out of gaps they shouldn't have been out of. Okay. So I'm not sure there's that much that they dramatically change, but I do think the Baltimore Tennessee defense, meaning three yeah. linebackers in the game, more big people, more big people, it makes sense. But I don't think they thought in that last game that they got gashed by uh, scheme as much as a couple of guys being out of gaps, which is what you always hear. It's the football cliche. But they really believe that's what happened in the first half in Tennessee. Trevor Lawrence is a true freshman dissected a Nick Saban defense for the national championship. What's your comfort level that he's got the perfect mindset to handle this moment as such a young player? He was born to do it. I mean, and I can say a lot more than that, and I guess I will because it's radio. <laughs> but that <laughs> but, says it right. But, you know, A, 
He's been in front of crowds this big. He's been in front of moments this big in terms of the pressure on him at the moment. Now, I don't think much in college compares the pressure of the NFL once you get here, but those two games he played in, especially as a freshman, I was talking to Christian Kirk, the wide receiver the other day, and he was, he was saying the same thing. Look, he's played in it. And I said, yeah, and the reality is he played in the first one when he, when he was like 12 years old. I mean, <laughs> he was 17, but he was a kid. He was barely out of high school and handled that pressure. I, uh, out of all the things you worry about, I don't, ha- I don't worry about Trevor's Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence's ability to handle the moment. Do you think the Jaguars need to rush for a certain amount of yards tomorrow in order to have balance? I think they need ETN uh, to have a couple over 20. And they need to stick with it enough to make the Titans believe they're going to stick with it. I think the threat of the run against the Titans, I don't think realistically they're going to get 100. The Titans are really good defensively against the run. Right. But they need to stick with it enough where the Titans believe they're going to stick with it. And then I think you'll see what you saw in Tennessee, which was a Titans defense worried about the pass and deficient in the secondary get uh, shredded by Trevor Lawrence. I think that's what they have to do offensively. I think this, and, and again, we're just media people, the football people can speak to this better than us, but gosh, John, I think it's I think it's play fast, tempo, yeah. try and get this thing into a track meet, have it be a game where you snap it 68 times, not 55 times. Yeah, I think uh, maybe I just saw it differently Sunday, but you were playing last Sunday a team with a, a uh, deficient offense with a with a quarterback that you didn't think was as good as your quarterback. As soon as they got that stop early in the game, it felt to me like they played that next drive faster than they played a drive all year. Yeah, maybe I was just watching for it. It was fast though. But they went three wides one side, three wides the other side, three wides the other yeah. side, and it looked to me like they wanted to end that game as quickly as possible, or at least feel make the Texans feel yeah, that's right. like you're playing uphill. Like you have to do more than you than you think you're capable of doing. I think that's what they will try to do. If they get an early turnover, or even if they don't, they will go after it as fast as possible. I don't think they'll take the ball first. I might if I were him, just because I think you want to go out and get in front of them. Take a break. When we come back, one seven left with Johnny. We're going to draw those tickets in about 20 minutes, folks. Don't go anywhere. We're going to know in about 20 minutes. But when we come back, uh, Johnny O is going to talk about the scene, the setting, his expectations. That's next. Stay with us. We're going to draw some tickets in about uh, 12 minutes. So be listening. 12 tickets, 12 minutes. Those tickets are going away. So. By the way, the T-shirts look <laughs> the really good. You have to be there. The What's big that? Tickets to the game? To a concert. Oh, okay. Yeah, to, good. A, yeah, to a concert. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Absolutely. Tomorrow night? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Climax Blues Band <laughs> is in town. We're going to go to that. So it's going cool to be in the game. It's going to be fantastic. Um, what's the setting? We've all been trying to describe it. Uh, Chad was in earlier, talked about there's going to be kind of some pyrotechnics in uh, – yeah. There's a hype video he was telling us that, that I know a little bit about that I can't wait. I mean, good. it's going to be pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, again, I, I think it'll be, if, if people were here in 17 and 18 and went to the games at the end of the season, the Seahawks game yeah. was the most intense until the Patriots game the next year. But I think there's something different about this, that people feel like, A, that you can trust it maybe more than that team. That I agree. It, that People see Trevor, they see Doug, and they say, hey, I'm getting on board, and this is going to be cool. And it's the Titans. It, it's for the division. Uh, it's at night. And, again, I think that there's a combination of here it is and a little surprise that it's here this fast. And 
nobody's tired of anything. It, it's all so new that I think it's just going to be chaos. I think it's going to be very close to college football type. Uh, but And I think there's going to be that, <laughs> that little ball of hate. Yeah, It's going to make it fun. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it could be the start of something moving forward because yeah. you look at 2023, if the Jaguars win tomorrow night, you're playing a first-place schedule. So you're going to have the Bills. Yeah. You're going to have Cincinnati. You're going to have the Chiefs. You're going to have either the 49ers or the uh, Eagles out of the NFC. I mean, the marquee games, I mean, th- they could be loaded up in uh, the future. And, yeah, and it's going to be really cool on that front. But like I say, I, I think there is I – I'm old enough to cover Florida way back in the day when they went to the Final Four the first time. Right. And, and, and there's an energy to that unexpected run uh, – that you can't match. That's really well said. Th- two yep. or three years later, I was fortunate to cover the Jags in that unexpected run. Uh, this is unexpected on that same level. I think, the, you know, even the team that says, hey, we, we knew it was coming, they didn't know it was coming. Uh, that first time through with a group, with people realizing, hey, it's good, there's a freshness to it. Um, yes, it's going to be cool in the future, but enjoy tomorrow night because moments like that only come around a few times. What's wild to me, John, is I thought the season was a bit of a disappointment when the Jaguars were honoring Tony Baselli going into the Hall of Fame against the Texans and the Jaguars lost that game. But yet, come full circle, potentially the Jaguars can win the AFC South tomorrow night and I think kind of re-honor Baselli going into Canton. Yeah, I, 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 uh, it, I always joke with Tony um, at some point when it, is it over? When is enough? <laughs> is it over? Enough? Have, we, have we celebrated him enough yet? It's not like you know, uh, I'm right with you. <laughs> during the Kansas City game, I said, are they going to honor you here, too? I mean, it, 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 <laughs> you know, but, but, yeah, I think it would be really cool on that front. Uh, it, maybe it would bring it uh, full circle a little bit. I just think for, for people who have only heard stories, and Jaguars fans, maybe they read the book I wrote. Maybe they've heard different stories. People talk about 96. If you're feeling this, that's what it felt like. And the energy it's kind of cool that it's 26 uh, 27 years because i'll bet there are kids who have heard it from their parents who now say okay i get it this is the kind of energy it brings so uh it's really cool to be a part of and to see all right a couple more minutes we'll let you go um we've talked about all the storylines stop the run with them get the passing game going early any upset stuff any any sleeper guys we're missing here can jamal agnew impact the game more than we think Give us a guy or two that maybe we've missed. Yeah, I think usually in big games, there's somebody who jumps out where afterward you think, well, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Um, not necessarily on that front, but I do think that Trevor needs to have some special tomorrow night. They haven't needed that the last couple of weeks. Right, I agree. Uh, they've been able to get by. I don't think he's played poorly at all. I think he's played well. But they haven't needed to get there in terms of him making big plays. I think there's going to have to be a couple of moments where you go, okay, that's the guy again. I think that will be key. To me, that's what I'm, watch- I'm watching for. Convert in the red zone, stop Henry, and have Trevor make a couple of plays that shows he's the guy. I think he will do that. I think the Jaguars are going to win it, but I think he needs to do that. What do you think in terms of the Titans and how they'll handle this? Because they certainly are battle-tested in this environment. They were the number one seed sure. last year in the AFC, but so much of the team is 
different and hurt. How do you weigh that in terms of will it help them or will it not really well, be a factor? I, I think their experience will help because I think they will be able to – I think if they had been a team that hadn't been there before and had been 7-3 and three and lost six straight, then I think you're coming into this game just tight and thinking, okay, this, there's no way we do this. I think the fact that they've been there before means when Vrabel's saying this week, hey, you, you know, if you win this – you're the division champs. Nothing else matters. We go to the playoffs and we do what we've done before. There's enough guys who can buy into that to say, okay, that makes sense. I think that's what scares me about the game for the Jaguars more than anything else is they do have so many guys. If they get up, then all of a sudden they're saying, well, yeah, we have been here before. Let's go do this. I think that's why getting a lead is really important. More important free agent acquisition. Christian Kirk or Foye Aluakon? You know, it's so tough. I'm going to say Kirk. Okay. Uh, because I think the offense coming in and being what Doug Peterson envisioned and being able to have that depth. And as soon as I say that, I don't think you can say Kirk over Ingram over Zay Jones. But the fact that they have that depth and that balance that they can run the offense the way Doug wanted to, I think that more than anything has has – defined the team but it's a very small difference Fourier is really big yeah and I I would answer the same way that's a great question um Kirk by a little bit because that's who they really are right that's who they need yeah. to be so and that's going to be the identity and yeah. I think I think that enabled Trevor to be the guy yeah. and to form the identity of the team so if you're asking me who do it's tough but I take yeah. Kirk. Johnny O Jags winning tomorrow night I believe they will. Yes. I think they are. We'll take a break. When we come back, <laughs> y'all ready for the tickets or no? <laughs> Give me one more Duval. One, two, three. Duval. We'll take a break. We'll give away these two tickets as soon as we come back. Stay with us. Strings has done a great job. Give yourself on a hand because you guys are awesome here. Uh, we, we, gave away a, we gave away 100 T-shirts that went in about three minutes and 48 seconds so we're sorry we didn't have 500 but uh we'll do better as we go but thank you for coming out thanks to our friends at strings of the d family who does such a wonderful job you ready you know ready Are also you thanks to the parmans and big chief tire and, for and sponsoring the t-shirt yeah if you haven't seen those t-shirts they say big chief tire on the back our friend reed parman and that wonderful family they said absolutely we'll sponsor those t-shirts so we sure appreciate our friends from Big Chief. Always a Big Chief Tire Friday. It's the tire store of note for us. I promise you that. All right, you ready? Are you nervous? I'm as nervous as I've nervous. ever been. She asked me a minute ago, is there more pressure on her or Trevor? Here we go. She said go deep. Wow. Go deep in there. Go deep. Shake it up and stuff. And by the way, you got to be here to win. If you're not here, we go to the next one, okay? Look at this. This is drama. There should be one in there that's frozen. Yeah, that's right. I have to dump it in here. Oh, we're dumping it in here. We're we extending the, laundry the drama. Basket. We got a laundry basket for crying out loud. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Nick Ludlow. Nick Ludlow. Nick Ludlow. He's gone. <laughs> no. Hang on. Did Nick wow. leave? Hang on. Is, is Nick gone? Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. The Jaguars are still alive. <laughs> Hang on. Nick's gone. I want to be fair here. Hang on. Is Nick really gone? 
Nick looks like. Are you Nick? This oh! is Nick. Nick. Here's Nick. Here, Nick, we're congratulations. Make, we're going to make sure it's Nick. I'm going to call Nick's phone right now. We're no, calling Nick's phone. No, I can look at your ID. Absolutely. <laughs> congratulations, Nick. All right, so I'm going to take your name and your phone number, send it to Taylor. She's going to email you the tickets once she gets Nick, your congratulations. Email, so Nick, where do you live? New Jersey. Wow. Nick lives in wow. New Jersey. He wow. came because he loves his Jaguars. Let's have a hand for Nick here. Nice job, Nick. Nick Ledlow, congratulations, Nick. Hey, thank you so much. Well deserved. Thank you for coming in. So Nick is nice our winner. And he got a t-shirt. Y'all today. stick around, have a beer. If those who are sticking around, we'll say hello, but thank you very much for, for coming out. All right. We've got just this segment to go, then we'll be out of here. First though, uh, I don't know who's hurt, who's healthy. Give me, give us an injury report. The personal injury attorneys of Farah and Farah present this injury update. Farah and Farah. Jacksonville. Protecting you and your family since 1979. All right, let's begin with the rival, the hated Tennessee Titans. We've known about that injury report for a couple of weeks now. It's a couple of names deep. Eleven Titans are on the injury report this week. Derrick Henry, the Uli Bulldozer, a full participant in practice all week. He was held out last week against the Cowboys with a hip injury. But Henry is going to play in this game, and he's going to get a heavy workload, you would expect. The Titans do have one guy listed out. Uh, reserve cornerback Devontae Harris is not playing with a hamstring injury. And now for the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence listed among seven that are questionable, but you know they're playing in this game. Uh, one to watch certainly is Jaguars long snapper Ross Matisik. He's one to watch with a back injury. He was uh, limited in practice today. But if, you're, if you can physically move, you're playing in this game, Frank. No question about it, Gib. You're exactly right. Speaking of one to watch, how about what to watch? The best bet presents what to watch every Friday. Best Bet Winter Open Series returns to the Best Bet Orange Park from January 26th to February 6th. $280 NLH satellites into the main event. They start on January 6th. It's coming up, boys. So it is starting today, tonight at 7 o'clock. The satellites start. Head over to the Best Bet Orange Park. The Winter Open Series starts right now. We always thank our friends for the Best Bet. What to watch? I, boy, I'm having trouble coming up with one. <laughs> what, what I got to think of one. Is there any college games? No. Yeah. Hoops? Any good hoops? I mean, How about the NBA? Gymnastics. How about the, gymnastics uh, tonight. How about the, Go Gators. Do the Pelicans play the Nets or anything? <laughs> what I need to know about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what to watch is easy. The most important Jaguar regular season game ever, certainly among them. We'll all be watching the Jaguars. Those that aren't watching, we hope you're listening on the Jaguar Radio Network. I'll have my voice back by tomorrow night, I promise you. Uh, we're looking forward to that. So, uh, so thank you so much uh, to our friends from the Best Bet. Almost out of time. You ready? I'm ready. Look, I think uh, if if today's crowd is any indication, that palpable buzz that you feel throughout the city of Jacksonville, it is going to be harnessed at TIA Bankfield tomorrow. Throughout the tailgating, it's going to be so much fun. But especially when that game kicks off, the fans are going to be treated to pyrotechnics they have not seen the likes of. I'm sure Jacksonville has something up his sleeve, Hayes. It is going to be magical. And, again, this crowd has been so good today. I hope they continue the celebration tomorrow night. The crowd has been magnificent, absolutely magnificent. Tomorrow night, Trevor Lawrence really announces himself to the league with a legacy-building game. The legacy of Trevor Lawrence, the foundation of it, gets laid tomorrow night, Saturday night, when Trevor Lawrence breaks the Titans in half. And I'll tell you this. uh, If anybody wanted to wonder about this fan base, Got to carry their ass in here to Strings because I can tell you, we know there were two tickets being given away. 
but you knew only one person was going to win those, but you all showed up. And we probably had five, 600 people walk in here in the last couple hours. So you guys rock. I mean, that, this, is, this is great stuff. Each day they asked me to do a 10-10 take. It is brought to you by Batteries Plus. Power it, light it, fix it. Eight Jacksonville locations. Here's the take. The Jags are better and they're going to win. I like it. That's what I think. I think that we can break, we have, because we're paid to do this, we try to break this game down seven different ways and ten different ways and 20 different ways. At the end of the day, most times, not every time, most times in a football game, or for that matter, a baseball game or a basketball game or, or, or whatever, the better team wins. In addition to the fact that they're at home, in addition to the fact that they're the healthier team, in addition to the fact that, that it's their time, I think the Jags have the better team. Now, they could be upset. Colin Cowherd just picked them to get upset today. I saw that. It happened. But usually, the better team wins the football game. Usually, the better team wins. And I think most people believe the better team's in Teal tomorrow night. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it on paper. But the Jaguars have a challenge. They've got to show a level of toughness, a level of intensity that we have not seen yet. And it's not their fault we haven't seen it. You haven't played in an environment like this. Go be the tougher team. If the Jaguars are the tougher team tomorrow night, it will be an absolute whipping because they are more sound schematically and they have more talent. The Titans are going to try and brass knuckle you all over in this game. If you match that and exceed it, the Titans have little chance to win. I think I'm buoyed by the fact, too, that the Jaguars in all of the big games this season have shown up. They might not have won them all, but they've shown up. Against the Eagles, despite that awful torrential downpour, Trevor's four fumbles, still the Jaguars were in that. Against the Chargers, obviously the Jaguars won that game. You've got the Chiefs game that was close. You've got the Cowboys and the Ravens, the Jaguars won. And certainly the game tomorrow night, bigger than all of those. But I think having the home crowd is going to just add something to those players. They just have to maintain their composure all day tomorrow. That's the big thing. Yeah, the danger is, and there's always danger. I mean, it's an NFL game, and you're playing a team that is accustomed to winning this division. The danger is, and the danger's real, is that it's an NFL game, and anybody can win an NFL game. The Titans know, despite, as you heard Mike Keith say on our program today, the play-by-play voice, who's a really good guy and does a really good job for the Titans, of all the things that have gone wrong against them, they're still right there. And I think that's what you hope for if you're the Titans. When everything else goes wrong, do you still have a chance and they still have a chance? They absolutely have a chance. And, uh, you know, again, it's what makes them dangerous. Mike Vrabel's an excellent coach. But I think the Jaguars now have every bit his equal. They're, they're a 180 difference. No question. Uh, Mike Vrabel's a gifted defensive coach. Doug Peterson, I think, has been just masterful and how he's handled the offense, how he's handled the culture, uh, how he's rebuilt the trust. It was so fractured, and, and now they're all just uh, in such a great place. Uh, the locker room's fantastic. Everything is, is set up for the Jaguars to take down Tennessee tomorrow night and really to run roughshod over the division now for the next at least three years and maybe well beyond that depending on what these teams do with picking their next quarterback. Chad Johnson and logistics-wise has to plan beyond tomorrow night. I think most fans are only thinking about tomorrow night. You bully the bully, like you said earlier this season, Frank. You, you beat your division rival. You beat the Titans. Anything that happens after that, we'll worry about that then. Right now, that's the only focus. Do not look past the Titans just because they've been beat up and lost six straight. And your point is a good one about bullying the bully. Uh, you hit the bully in the mouth. That's what they did in Nashville. 
now you got to finish the job. Now you got to finish the job. The disappointing thing, the concerning thing, and as Chad Johnson, the COO of the Jags, who runs so much of that stuff down there, told us, this game is going to be just crazy. Just crazy. But there are opportunities, there are times when a team, when the moment's awfully big. And you have to make sure the moment's not too big. That's a gigantic part of all this. Nobody would debate that. And in addition to that, if you don't win the game, it's, it's not to us. We know this thing's built and feels built and is going to be built for a long time. But to others, it's going to look like same old, same old. Titans winning again despite being hurt, despite losing their quarterback. With all the chips, they still beat the Jaguars. That, that's the danger of the potential narrative if you don't win the game. So the game's important for that reason. Yeah, I, that's one thing that while that's reality, the Jaguars could lose, I, I certainly hope that that's not what we're talking about next week because this has been so much fun to talk about a, a winning football team. I, Hayes, how different would you feel about the matchup if Ryan Tannehill was playing over Josh Dobbs? It would be substantial. I mean, again, Josh Dobbs has thrown fewer passes in the NFL than Malik Willis, the rookie that he's replacing. Willis has thrown 61 this season. Josh Dobbs has thrown 56 passes in six years in the NFL. I mean, that's astonishing. I mean, again, Trevor Lawrence, who's a baby in this league, has already thrown 1,154 in his career. So Tannehill being active would make a difference. I would still pick the Jaguars, but I think instead of a seven-point spread, you're talking probably more about a two-and-a-half to three-point spread. And, again, I, I, I think the – the, the real challenge for Tennessee is offensively, they just don't know what they're going to get out of their passing game. The Jaguars don't have variables like that. I mean, guys may not play well, but they know what they have. Tennessee doesn't even know what they have in terms of their passing attack. So uh, with Tannehill, they'd be much more stabilized, much more functional, and capable of using that play action to create some big things. They're not going to be able to do that, I don't believe, with Joshua Dobbs. Tomorrow, 3.30 tailgaters? Is that the That's right. Kickoff show at tailgaters at 3.30. Come see us. Me, O'Brien, uh, Graham Marsh, uh, and myself will be there from 3.30 to 5. Mr. Frangie's going to join us, I, might, I believe, be, at 3.45. I'll be on. Yeah. It <laughs> might be by phone. <laughs> might be by phone. Yeah, no, yeah. might not. We might, we'll, yeah. see, we'll see how we feel. Quickly, Gator Gymnastics, who do we play? It is a quad meet tonight, Lindenwood, Ball State, and West Virginia. So it's a pay game. (laughs) Yeah, what about Lindenwood? Do we have to pay all three of them, I guess? Uh, I I don't think we do. I don't think it works like that in gymnastics. Uh, But I could be wrong. I've never worked in that type of athletic department. North Florida obviously did not have gymnastics. You know I'm worried about? Lindenwood. That's tough. You know where they're good? Where? On the beam. <laughs> okay, so, so I, I will like say, I know most people don't follow it this closely, but Savannah Shanehair is one of the Gators' best gymnastics or gymnasts on bars. She broke her foot in a non-gymnastics-related event this week. Oh, no. So that does make me a little nervous about who's going to step up for bars. All right, final thought. Two or three things to watch tomorrow night. I think Trevor Lawrence announces himself. I think, it's, I think he plays really efficient. Uh, I don't think the numbers will necessarily be gaudy because I don't know that they'll have to be, but I think you're going to see a completion percentage over 70. I think you're going to see four or five explosive plays through the air of at least 20 yards. And I think as you look at it, Trevor Lawrence accounts for a minimum of three touchdowns. And I, you know, I just don't see him committing more than maybe one mistake in the game from a turnover perspective. So I think... 
Great night for Trevor Lawrence. Derrick Henry will, will finish with 108 rushing yards, somewhere in there. Uh, but I don't think it'll be a back-breaking number. And I think the Jaguars will be plus two in the turnover ratio. Yeah, I think it's obviously stopped the run. But I also think that it's about the defense coming together. We've seen them do that the last couple weeks, not allow touchdowns. I think this defense has found itself. And whether it's Cisco, whether it's Campbell, whether it's Aluakon, whether it's Lloyd, Key, it, any of those guys can step up and have a gigantic moment. And I think we're going to see somebody on that defense celebrating a touchdown tomorrow night. I would look for a strip sack. I think of all the things Dobbs has to be careful of, it's, uh, it's that. When you're, when you're nervous, I would look for some miscommunication. You heard Mike Keith talk about the potential of that. I would not be surprised to see some mis. You know, uh, you don't know the offense yet anyway. And now all of a sudden it's going to be really loud. Obviously they've worked on silent count all week. We know that. But uh, I think that's it. I, I think that's uh, uh, that, in my mind, is, is, is the way this thing is going to go. I, I, think, I think the Jags win it. I think it's a 28-17 to 17 game. I don't think it's 35 nothing. I think it might be 31-21. I don't think it comes down to the wire, but I think the Jags win it. One more time. One more time for, for good measure, folks. One, two, three. Duval! Springs, you have been great. That'll do it for our program. We are out of here. Enjoy the ball game tomorrow night. Thank you guys for coming out very, very much. We've loved being out here. Hey, let's do it again next week for the playoffs. You guys like that? We're out of here. For Hayes, Lauren, and Gibby, I'm Frank Franz. You have a great night, everybody.